0: Okay. Yes, I found it. Yeah, so we'll be talking about a guy called Barnabas, but before I start talking about Barnabas, and we have been reflecting as a church on, about ordinary people having an extraordinary God. And that's the beauty of being a Christian, is that we are very ordinary people. There's, there's nothing special. The Bible talks about jars, jars of clay. We are like jars of clay. There's nothing spectacular about the people that God chooses to use. If you look through the Bible, and one good thing about the Bible, that the Bible tells you about both the wonderful things of those people who he uses and the not-so-wonderful things of those people who he uses. So, you know, it it actually helps to ground them. For people to understand, it helps to ground these people. No, they're ordinary people, they're not special people, but they're people who have decided to give themselves up to an extraordinary God to be used of him. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And, and I, for one, I am, I, am, I am an example of a very, very weak person. You can ask Vera... And I'm a perfect example of a very, very weak person that God has decided to use. And there are many of us here that God wants to use. And I'm still looking for the stuff on my laptop, on my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. Where are you? Okay. It says no network connection. Okay, I know where I'll go to now. Yes, I found it. Whoa, hey, I found it fantastic. Good. Yeah, so we're talking about Barnabas and who is called the son of encouragement. And I like, I, I, I love the story about Barnabas, you know, because Barnabas is, is really someone who I, I, I really resonate with. I, I love, I love that character. I love that person because of, of how God used him in the Bible, you know, to do so many, you know, wonderful things. And we'll just read from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 36, where Barnabas is mentioned and very strongly. It's a very, very popular scripture. It says, All the believers, can we read together? Can we all read together, please, if you can see? It's quite small. Can we see? It's, it's quite big. Okay, fantastic. I was, I was looking there and here, not looking there. Okay, so it's quite big. So can we all please read together? It's always nice to, to read the Word of God together. So, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. That there was no need of among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money for and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had that need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means "son of encouragement." Do we have anyone from Cyprus over here? <coughs> None. Okay. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yeah, so um, that's, that's where Barnabas was first mentioned in the Bible. And one thing that strikes me about um, the first mention of Barnabas is the fact that he was mentioned when he came to giving. You know, and that's one thing. People say, I haven't really verified that, that there are more scriptures about money in the Bible than about any other subject. God really needed to get to us. <laughs> you know, and, and Barnabas is mentioned here because he, he had a selfless heart. Okay, there are other things that Barnabas, and we'll get to see them even as we quickly go through the life of Barnabas, but one thing that he was mentioned strongly for was the fact that Barnabas was willing to give wholeheartedly his resources, even for the kingdom of God. And in any case, whatever we have belongs to God. And there's nothing that you possess, there's no money, there's no resource, there's nothing, no ability, no grace that you have that God hasn't given you. Now, it's, it's, it, whether you acknowledge that or not, that doesn't really change what God has done. Okay, there's nothing that we have that God hasn't given to us. And Barnabas was able to recognize that, well, God has given me something and I'm going to use it even to propagate his gospel here on earth. So we can see here how Barnabas was selfless in giving, you know, for the cost of the kingdom. And there are so many opportunities in our time to give. You know, there's so much need in the body of Christ right now. There are so many missionaries out there. We saw and, and Dan and Lena and other people go out. And there are other people in different places who need resources. And Barnabas gives us an example of somebody who had decided to give his resources even to further the kingdom of God. So, who was Barnabas? He was a Levite. You know who Levites are? They are actually the people who help the priests understand, in the Old Testament, so he's from almost like a priestly family, so he was a Levite or a helper, and he actually lived to that expectation as a helper, you know, as an encourager, as someone who stood to push and to make things happen, you know, and he was from Cyprus. His name was Joseph, but it was called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, and we'll see why he was called the son of encouragement. There are so many instances in the Bible where God, where Barnabas allowed himself to be used of God to encourage other people. And whilst I was going through and studying for this talk, you know, I, there are so many things I learned. You know, anytime you study the Bible, you learn something new. You know, that really touched me, you know, about the life of Barnabas, especially when it comes to patience. And God is helping me with that. Yeah. So he was mentioned in the Bible. Barnabas did not write any book. He's He's not the author of any of the canonized books, you know, of the Bible, you know, but he's mentioned about 23 times in the book of Acts and five times in the letters of Paul. And that's, that's a large number of times. shows that he was very, very active doing what, that, what God had called him to do. So he was, was, was well mentioned in the Bible because he did so many wonderful things. An ordinary man, you know, who had given himself up to an extraordinary God to be used of him Barnabas supported the early church as we saw earlier he sold a piece of land brought the money and laid everything he didn't have to he was not compelled to but he wanted to because he saw in need and he was moved of the Holy Spirit to sell his land and lay every single amount of money there at, at the apostles' feet and if we go to Acts chapter 4 Verses 36-37 it says, Joseph, a Levite from, which we read before, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. And we know of the story of some other people and a and Sapphira who wanted to mimic, and that's why it's not good to mimic other people, it's always good to do what God has called you to do. Okay? Yeah, you can get encouragement from what people are doing, but it's, it's always nice to listen to what God is telling you specifically to do, you know, in his kingdom. And and I, said, I wanted to mimic Barnabas, you know, but their heart was not right. And we saw what happened. But Barnabas gave everything that he had decided to give God. And God blessed him. And I'm sure by what he did, his attitude, his action encourage other people. And I look at myself and I say, God, am I doing things to encourage people? Barnabas was not among the apostles. You know, well, he was eventually because he was called, set, set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry. So people say he's an apostle, but he was not part of the first initial 12 apostles. You know, but his actions encouraged people. And people saw what he did. And people are willing to follow, and 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 it begs the question: As a Christian, the Bible says, "Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." And it begs the question: When people see you in church, outside church, you know, what does it does it prompt a reaction for them to want to serve God better or want to get closer to God? And that's exactly what Barnabas' life was doing to people. He worked to support himself. Now, if you, if, if you, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, 7, and 9, it says, or is, or is it only I and, that's Paul, or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right not to work for a living, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? I'm sure soldiers get paid by the government. There's no soldier that actually pays himself. Or who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? So Paul was making a very, very valid statement. They had the right to actually ask the church to pay for their expense because they were actually working almost full time for the work of the kingdom. But Paul and Barnabas decided to also take an extra job to support themselves at that time, maybe because there was a need, you know? And that's also an encouragement. He worked hard. He decided to do something, you know, apart from totally depending on the church. They had every right to. There was nothing wrong in them being dependent on what the church gave them because they were working full-time for the gospel, going on missionary journeys, you know, helping people, you know, preaching in different places, You know, under under, and rain and and sun, but he walked to support himself, and I'm sure he encouraged people even as he was doing so. Now, this is the part, or the part of Barnabas's life that really touched me the most. And Acts chapter nine verses twenty six to twenty seven says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried. That's Paul or he was then called Saul, and when he became Paul, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. You know, many people don't understand the context of what was happening here. If you understood who Saul was to the church, it was like Osama bin Laden. He was, there's no difference between Saul before he became Paul. He was a terrorist. He persecuted the church. The whole church knew him. He stood there while they were stoning Stephen, and he helped guys to keep all their clothes. He actively went to different towns looking for Christians to persecute. And then one day, this guy says, I'm a Christian. How will you feel? He just turns up to church and says, well, I'm not a Christian. You know, of course, every normal human being will be like, let's check this guy out. This what's happening here. You know, is this guy not an advanced party to, you know, to send some other guys coming? And he came, and obviously, and, and I don't really blame the church elders, they couldn't take it. You know, but Barnabas was a different person. Barnabas heard of, I'm sure he heard of what had happened about his, his, his conversion on the road to Damascus. I'm sure he had monitored the life of, um, of, of, of Paul. And he was able to boldly take Paul and say, well, I can vouch for this man. I will stand for this man. This man is actually converted. He's a Christian. And that's what Barnabas did. And that's what an encourager does. He stands by people that nobody believes in. I remember when I, was, when I was a bit younger, I was, I was a very, very wonderful person, and, and many people did not believe in me, <laughs> you know, being the last born, you know. But I remember when I, something happened, and my uncles, you know, told my point that, well, this guy is, is not going to amount to anything. And my mom said something that she knows that her son will amount to something. And she vouched for me. Not because I was vouchable, because I knew myself, but because she saw something in the future. And that's how God sees you. God does not see your presence, God sees your future. See, for a while we are yet sinners, He came and He died. He didn't wait for you to be okay. He says, Come as you are. There's this wonderful song Come as you are, don't change a thing. His love for you will never cease. Come as you are. God, does not, God is not looking for people who are all together. I tell people that the church is a hospital. It's a place where broken people come to. So if you're coming to church you look for people who are okay, then go somewhere else. This is not the place. This is a place for broken people. God looks into your future because he knows the end of a matter from the beginning. So at times, God will be bringing someone and we, as normal human beings, very limited, can't see. But God has seen the future. And that's what Barnabas was mimicking. But Barnabas could see that this guy who had once persecuted the church will become the guy who wrote the most books in the Bible, will become a great missionary, will go on three wonderful missionary journeys, will even be willing to die for the sake of the kingdom. And I was able to stand and to vouch for him. And he begs the question, who are, we, who are you all? Who am I vouching for? Or am I just seeing people, you know, at face value and say, well, this one is this this guy can never amount to anything. I just give up on the person. Are we giving up on people? God doesn't give up on people, He looks to the future. And that's what Barnabas did. He recommended Paul after his dramatic conversion, and he brought him to the to the church elders in Jerusalem. He was an encourager. That's what he did. Remember what happened in in Antioch? There there were wonderful things happening in, in Antioch. The church was growing massively. The church eldership in Jerusalem had what was happening in Antioch. And he said, well, let's look for someone who we can send to encourage the church there. And who did they find? Barnabas. Why did they look for Barnabas? But they knew Barnabas will go there. He will not go there and use a hammer and be hammering people on their heads because of every tiny sin. He will go there and encourage people. They knew Barnabas had a big heart. And when a new move of God is starting, you need somebody with a big heart. Or else you will get there and every single thing that goes wrong, you will get angry and you get fed up. You will not have patience. I'm sure they wouldn't have sent Paul. Paul would have been going there with a sledgehammer, but that's who Paul was. Paul was a tough man, but Barnabas had a big heart, and they sent him there. And Barnabas called Paul, said, let's go, let's, let's go to Antioch. And they went to Antioch. And the Bible says that he encouraged them to continue with the Lord, and a great many people were added to the Lord at Antioch. And that was the first place they were called Christians. Many people think Christian is just one, it has a different definition. It just means Christ-like. That's why they were called Christians for the first time at Antioch. Before Antioch, they were, they were not called Christians. They were called something else. I don't know. But when they got to Antioch, they were called Christians. But they were called followers of Jesus, I guess. Because they saw the life of Paul and Barnabas. And their life reflected and mimicked the life of Jesus. And he encouraged the church. And he gave them a thumbs up. Because he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He was able to encourage them, according to Acts chapter 11, verse 24. As I said earlier, he modeled Christ. Acts chapter 11, verses 25-26 says, Then Barnabas went to Thassos to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So, So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. He mimicked, he modeled Jesus Christ. And that's what God has called us to do. He hasn't called us to be religious people. I tell people who ask me, are you religious? I'm not religious. Being religious means that you just follow a set of rules. I don't follow a set of rules. I'm loved by a loving father and I want to please him. And that's what motivates me. What motivates me is to please Jesus because he first of all loved me. Imagine someone picks you up from the side of the road, you have no house, you have nothing. That's not me anyway, just giving, giving an analogy. You have nothing, you know, nobody, nobody cares about you, and he picks you up, takes you in, feeds you, you know, clothes you, you know, sets you on, on your way, and it becomes something great. You will want to do anything to please that person. That's Christianity. It's not about following a set of rules. It's about pleasing Jesus nothing else. And that's what Barnabas did. He lived to please Jesus. He modeled Christ. He set an example for the others to see. He was trustworthy. There was a famine in Jerusalem and, and who did they send? In Acts chapter 11, verse 27 to 30, he said, during, the time, during this time, some, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the spirit predicted that the severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Paul. They chose Barnabas again to take these gifts to the church in Jerusalem because they trusted him. They knew that the gifts would get there. He was trustworthy. Sorry, baby, for coughing. <laughs> he was a mentor. Very important. We need mentors. I remember when I, I first gave my life to Christ after university. When I was in university, I didn't. I only went to church twice. And I had exams the next on Monday. So I went to church on Sunday and sat behind the church and said, God help me pass. <laughs> And I passed. God God keeps, He always keeps his side of the bargain. I passed and I stopped going to church afterwards. You know, know, so God is, is, is massively merciful. You know, so, but Barnabas was a mentor. We need people who can stand by you, not people who can haul out scriptures to you. We have enough of people to stand on this pulpit to preach. We need more people, it's much more effective when somebody stands by you, walks along with you, that is the greatest ministry you can ever have, to stand by someone, to walk with that person, to pull the person through, through the the storms of life. The Bible says that the whole earth is groaning in anticipation, in birth pangs, for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is looking for mentors, you see young people doing some crazy things. They don't have mentors. There's no one to look up to. There's no one to mentor them. There's no one that they can say, well, I like the way this guy's life is. You know, I remember I was in York, and I went for a massive Christian, Christian festival, and we got there, and in York, they had lots of young guys with tattoos everywhere, on skateboards. It's very, very common in York, you know, and... There was this guy who came in, you know, with lots of tattoos, you know, and he came up with a skateboard, did some rounds of skating, you know, and stood up and preached the word of God. And all those young, tattooed young guys with their skateboards, they all say, I want to give our lives to Jesus Christ because they saw someone like, like themselves. They saw someone like themselves and he stood by them, he mentored them. We need people who can stand by people, especially young people. Barnabas wanted to ask, and let's see what happened here. This is a very, very interesting story. See, Barnabas wanted to take John, and who was called Mark, John Mark, with, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the walk. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted ways. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Well, John Mark was Barnabas' cousin. And in their first missionary journey, John Mark probably abandoned them midway. He's a human being. He failed. He's not the end of the world. But as far as Paul was concerned, this guy can't work with me. You know. But Barnabas said, well, okay, no problem. And you can go along on, this, on your journey. I will stay with John Mark and I will mentor him. I will build him up until he gets to a point that he can serve. He had a big heart. To be a mentor, you have to have a big heart. You have to be able to take a lot of funny things. You have to be patient. And that's who Paul was. And so that's who um, Barnabas, and that's who Paul was eventually. Paul became that eventually. I'm sure he learned from Barnabas. So let's be like Barnabas. Even as I round up, let's be like Barnabas. He was an ordinary man who God used to do extraordinary things. Ordinary man like you and I. He was a great mentor. Rather than abandon John John Mark, he let Paul continue on his missionary journey so he could mentor John. He was willing to give, or he willingly gave of, so that's his, of his material resources to finance the early church. He was a great encourager. He encouraged Paul, and see, without Barnabas, there is no Paul. But everybody hears about Paul. You got all lots of books in, in the Bible; it's everywhere. But without Barnabas, there is no Paul. There are some of you that will not be visible. You know, I was somebody told me a story of a of a of a very big evangelist. You know, who whenever he preaches, lots of people give give their life to Christ. So I think he had a near, a near death experience. And he was in heaven. And the angels were taking him through heaven, through the streets. Right? And he saw mansions. So he saw a very big mansion. And he said, well, does that mansion belong to See, That mansion actually has to belong to me. I'm a big evangelist, so that, that's my mansion. And the other said, no, that's not your house. And there was this tiny hut next to you. He said, that's your house. And the guy got not... He wasn't so happy that... How, who owns that house? And God showed him that there was a, an, an old lady... Who came behind the pulpit to preach? I mean to, to pray. Anytime was having a crusade. Nobody called her to do that. She never told anyone. Nobody knew she was there. She just kept on every day coming there and praying. And it was because of that woman's prayer that God was blessing that ministry. Not because of the eloquence of the man speaking. That 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 young old lady, you know, that that that's that's who God used. So you may not be visible, but God can use you to encourage people. He also provided Paul with the opportunity to minister in Antioch. So let's encourage other people. That's what I'm saying. Nothing else. Encourage people. Like Barnabas, we too can be a source of encouragement to others in their journey through life. People are going through Tough times. You need to get to know people one on one to know what they are going through. You see people smiling. You need to get to know them. That is what fellowship is all about. That's why it's nice for you to join a Connect for (laughs) Group. I'm promoting that. (laughs) You know, join a group, get to know people. Get to know people, ask them, come and have dinner in my house. That's fellowship. The early church grew because they were knitted together. They were one. They, were, they had relationships. It was not just a Sunday, Sunday thing. They knew each other and they encouraged one another. We can point others to Jesus and help them grow in ministry just as others have held our hands through different stages of life. As I said, when I, was, when I gave my life to Christ, oh God, there are so many. I remember I, I used to stay in so many, I had so many I call them senior friends, I'll go to their house, I'll stay in their house, they'll feed me, that's, the, that's a good point, you know, stay with them, you know, I, and I'll see them, and I'll be watching how their families are, you know, how the man interacts with his wife, with the kids, and I was learning so much, you know, because I knew that one day I'll get married, you know, and when I got married, although I fumbled a bit, but I was able to put those things into practice, eventually, you know, just by watching them, you know, and that's what God has called us to help people in their journey through life. And you don't have to be a, a Christian or have been a Christian for many years to be a mentor. You don't have to be. The moment you give your life to Christ, you can be a mentor to someone who gave your life to Christ a second after you. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be and have been a Christian for 15, 20, 30 years. You can carry someone along. I mean, God help us to do so in Jesus' name. Let's pray. I think the first thing that needs to be gotten right before you can be like Barnabas is that you have to know the the Jesus that Barnabas knew. You can't give what you don't have. You can mimic like Ananias and Sapphira, but if it's not there in your heart... It's not there in your heart. You can be coming to church and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I did. I went to church for many years. I was active in many things, but I didn't know Jesus personally. So it's not about coming to church. Christians are not just churchgoers. We are Christ-like. So if you're here and... You're saying, Lord, yeah, I've been coming to church. I I can quote the scripture. The devil can quote the scriptures. He did several times. Many unbelievers can quote the scriptures. But you know in your heart you haven't had an encounter with a master. Please, you have an opportunity wherever you are. Whether in this building or online, all the cameras are not focused on anyone. So, so if that's you, can just put your hand on your chest and say this prayer after me, sincerely. Lord Jesus, I know I haven't been following you as I should. Lord Jesus. Please, come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if that's you, please, you can talk to Pastor Joel or any member of the leadership team or anyone who you trust is a Christian and, and to see how you can continue that journey with him. We we'll just pray one more prayer for all of us. Father mighty just want to thank you, God, for the example that Barnabas has given us. <clears throat> as a mentor, as an encourager, as a giver. An ordinary man who did extraordinary things, who gave himself up, who gave his life up to an extraordinary God. Father mighty God we're all here Lord Jesus Christ we're asking that Father Almighty God that you will use us you will use us Lord Jesus Christ you will use our different gifts our different and, attitudes and different temperaments to be of great encouragement to all the people that we see on a daily basis help us Lord Jesus Christ to work with you Help us Lord Jesus Christ, to be in tune, to be at a resonance with your spirit, Lord Jesus, to be led by you, God, to hear your voice, Lord Jesus, and to do what you have called us to do. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Amen.